Welcome to Break Free From Corporate, the only podcast dedicated to bringing you business success secrets from leading entrepreneurs with one thing in common. They left the corporate world, became their own boss, and are now living incredible lives. To access previous and all future episodes, visit BreakFreeFromCorporate.com and subscribe today. Hello and welcome. Gavin Sequeri here from BreakFreeFromCorporate.com. Glad you could join us today. Now, I'm really excited to be talking to entrepreneur Jeff Yang from Social Gen, who's been kind enough to share his time and thoughts with us here today. Our aim for this episode is to share his secrets and his thoughts on how you can run a successful business from home and uh, how he basically did it from leaving the corporate world. Welcome, Jeff. Glad you could join us. Hi, Gab. How's it going? Yeah, thanks. Great to have you, Jeff. Now, I'm just going to give our listeners here a little bit of intro into what you do so they have a bit of a background and then we'll launch straight into the uh, podcast. So ladies and gentlemen, Jeff is the founder of social media enterprise Social Gen. It is the only agency in the world right now that specializes in B2B social media lead generation for small and medium-sized businesses. Basically what he does is he helps his clients to engage prospects across different social medias, especially LinkedIn, which is one of his specialties convert them and qualify leads and basically helps drive their sales engine. Now, Jeff is very passionate about helping his professionals that he works with leverage the power of social media. He adds more value to their business and basically provides value right across the chain of community and customers. You can visit his site at socialgen.com. And having said all that, let's get straight into it. Jeff, I know you have your hat in quite a few different rings at the moment. You run multiple projects that you're involved in. Why don't we begin by going back to your humble beginnings where we started this whole journey and share with our listeners what type of corporate role you used to do and how did you manage to prioritize getting out of that and going into your own space? And by the way, whatever possessed you to do that on your own? <laughs> <laughs> it's a long and sorted past, my friend, let me tell you. <laughs> My career started, I mean, I, I dropped out of high school, basically. Right. So my career started as a lowly door-to-door salesperson. And that sort of was my first foray into the whole sales, business development, relationship development, marketing development, all in one go. And it was a wonderful experience, a very, very shocking, hard-hitting, and a hard one. But it was a wonderful experience because, you know, when you're, when you're there standing in front of the customer who has no idea who you are or, or what you're trying to, to sell or promote, you're doing all those three things at once, selling, marketing, and relationship building. So yeah. it's, it's definitely a wonderful crash course. From there, I moved into automotive sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, Gavin, I, I was a dodgy used car salesman. <laughs> <laughs> But I was lucky enough to make it into the prestige brands. So, right. you know, Mercedes-Benz, BMW, and uh, and finally at Lexus. And, you know, that was another great sort of experience in terms of relationship building and the sales side of things. But more so the relationship side, because with products or with B2C, your products could be exactly the same as the shop down the road. So mm-hmm. what is it that separates you? And it comes down to the relationships that you can build with your customers. If they know you, trust you, like you, then they'll always be willing to spend more money with you for the same product. Absolutely. Because, because yeah. of the way that you make them feel or because they know that you're going to look after them better. 
from there, I moved into real estate. Right. And that was a probably a very trying time in my life. I mean, real estate and I really didn't agree with one another. And I guess the mistake that I made there or the biggest lesson that I learned from moving into, into real estate was you've got to do something that you love. Sure. I never enjoyed real estate, the property game, all that sort of stuff. And the area that I worked in wasn't something that I enjoyed or wasn't an area that I enjoyed working in. So I really struggled in real estate and lost a lot of my money and, and savings and things like that because real estate is also very rewarding sure. if you're generating the listings and the sales. But if you're not, it puts you pretty hard in the back pocket. So I cut my losses there about a year and a half in real estate, tail between the legs, went back into the car industry. But then a client of mine offered me an opportunity to work in his corporate web development and software development agency. And that was my foray into, you know, sort of like your, your IT, yeah, your technology, sure. your online space, okay. and took, it, took to it like a duck to water. I don't know, maybe it's because I'm Asian, <laughs> but me <laughs> and technology, we, we work really, really well. Uh, not that I'm a technical sort of a person, but I, I just tend to get it. Right. And that was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And uh, that's when I sort of cemented that my career would be in technology. And it would be something that revolves around sales, revolves around marketing, and mm-hmm. revolves around relationship building. And when it comes to digital and, and online, I believe that uh, your marketing should embody all those things. And then from there, from there, I uh, met a lovely, lovely gentleman who many people might know as Gary Ng from eWeb Marketing. And eWeb Marketing were the search agency or search marketing agency partner for Corporate Interactive, where I used to work. And Gary and I used to very work together, and we used to refer a lot of clients to each other. Sure. Um, but working closely with eWeb, I, I saw the opportunities that Search had. You know, This is sort of when the whole SEO, or search engine optimization, started to breach and become a major source for growing a business in online with Google getting more and more traction. I joined uh, eWeb. Ooh, going back, you know, five years ago now, that's where a lot of my successes has come from. Right. Okay. And yeah, and my uh, recent venture into social gen in uh, November of last year was all built upon the uh, the, the skills, the uh, relationships, and the knowledge I gained from my experience at the web. So there's my wonderful journey. Interesting. In fact, what I want our listeners to get from that, and what I certainly took out from that, was it wasn't a straightforward path. You know, this, <laughs> and I know you. I know when you began, you said this was this was a bit of a sordid journey. But it's funny because when a lot of people leave the corporate world or are looking for a way out, sometimes you need to go through various different paths to get to your real calling. If that makes any sense, one hundred percent. And like I said, I mean, for me, it wasn't so much the industry or the skill set. It was more looking back now. It was one of the three elements that I loved about my professional career, and mm-hmm. definitely it was sales. Mm-hmm. Definitely marketing and yep. definitely relationships. Right. And now you are able to amplify that through the power of social media and the online world. 100%. Yeah, right. especially with uh, B2B channels. Mm-hmm. The reason why I do focus on B2B as opposed to, to B2C or business to consumer is because business to business type enterprises is inherently a, a person to person business. No yeah. matter how great your brand is, if there's competition, you know, unless you're a monopoly mm-hmm. or uh, an oligopoly, there's only a couple of businesses doing what you're doing, then your company brand runs the risk of looking very similar to your competitors. Yeah. So the differentiator are the people 
that work within the organization. And when it comes to high value business, no one is going to spend thousands or tens of thousands or millions of dollars with your agency or with your company before they build relationships with the people within your organization first. Yeah, definitely. Relationships is key, whether you're in your job, whether you're in business, in your family, in life. Relationships is absolutely key. You're right. What I want to do, Jeff, is um, help our listeners now, because I know one of the primary reasons they're listening to this podcast is because a lot of them are in their jobs. A lot of them are stuck. They're trying to make this transition. Now they're at the beginning phase of your journey that you described. And one of the big questions that I get asked quite often is, how do I make that leap? They might be on a good six-figure income. They might be a senior management in their role. They're responsible for a lot of things. They've got a brand identity in their company. How do they make that shift? Do you recommend a person, in your in your opinion, go straight from where they are today to trying something different, or should they phase it in? Should they kind of do a transition, maybe part-time work and or build a business part-time and kind of build it up as they go to lessen the risk? What are your thoughts? <laughs> it's a million-dollar question, really. Mm. It comes down to you as a person and how risk-averse you are. Sure. And for me, it's never a leap. In actual fact, I was presenting and uh, educating and, and teaching people on the concept of B2B social selling a couple of years before I made that jump. So even though I wasn't doing it part-time and even though I wasn't making money from it, I was inherently getting out there, promoting it, understanding what sort of reception this concept had in the marketplace. And just the feedback and the people coming to me saying, how do I work with you? And me going, well, you can't. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a business. I'm not doing this. This This is just something that I'm doing out of passion. But that's when it sort of made me realize, hey, there is a market for it. It helped me to build my confidence to say, if I made that leap, if I made that jump, my business will work. So to the people out there that are wondering whether you make that leap or you jump, I was in the exact same position. But it just comes down to if you're passionate about what you do and if you already know that there is a market out there, you know that you can sell your product or service, then really you can make that leap straight away. For those that still need to go through that process and that are a bit more risk averse, I would recommend looking at doing it part-time and looking at doing it bit by bit because really it comes down to confidence. Yeah, You have the confidence in going out there right now and making it work, it will work. If you need to build up that confidence first, then that's the process that you need to go through. Yeah, great advice because there are different types of people. Some are risk adverse, some live their life on the edge all the time. So for them, it's not a big deal to make these kind of shifts. But Thank you for breaking it down to those different components because I think there's different people who will affiliate with different things you just said there. So thanks for sharing that, Jeff. Here's a question I have for you. And it's one I have been asked a few times because some people say to me, well, I'm not really an entrepreneur or I don't have an entrepreneurial spirit. So let me ask you, as someone who's played on both sides of the fence here, do you believe that anyone can be an entrepreneur? And is it a skill that you can develop or do you inherently have to have this will to want to be creative? What are your thoughts? I can tell you now I've come from the exact same position. And when I've had management-type roles and and leadership-type roles, I never enjoyed it, Mm. mainly because of the education side of things. I don't think there is enough education out there for being able to lead and manage people or communicate with people properly in a professional environment. But I never enjoyed it. So I always thought to myself or I always believed that I wasn't an entrepreneur Mm. and that 
that a leadership position wasn't something I wanted or managing people or running a business wasn't something that I wanted. And, you know, I had a, an experience where I did go into a partnership in the past and, and lost out big time. So all of these things compounded into me believing that I wasn't an entrepreneur. But so I guess to answer that question, can anyone be an entrepreneur? Well, yes and no. It really comes down to you and whether you believe you can be an entrepreneur, whether you are willing to do whatever it takes to, to have your own business. I've gone through, Gavin, as you know, I've gone through a lot of personal development. I've done a lot of, of business development to, to get to where I am today. And if I didn't go through the learning development phases and being part of communities like Business Blueprint, like Quantum Leap, my mindset would not be in the place that it is now. Yeah. I know it's a bit of a problem, but the answer, can anyone be an entrepreneur? 100% yes. But you need to have the right mindset. You need to have the right focus. And to get there, you may need to do some training, some development, and always be learning. And today I've gone through an amazing journey and I've understood what my goals are in life. And I think when you have clarity on what your goals are sure. and you have clarity on where you want to be in the next five to 10 years and, and not goals that other people want for you. I'm talking goals that you want for yourself and being true to yourself. Once you have that in place or once I had that, those goals in place or that clarity in place, Becoming an entrepreneur was a no-brainer. In actual fact, it was my only option. Right. So there you go. I think you nailed a couple of really good points in there, which I'm just going to very quickly bring up. One was the mindset, which I'm really glad you brought that up because a lot of people sometimes need to make a shift in mindset to what is possible rather than what is just the standard status quo. I know when people go through the standard business training in corporate world, the picture is very one-sided. And I know that in a corporate job, you can be entrepreneurial in your job as well. So being entrepreneurial doesn't necessarily mean starting up a new business. You could be creative in your current role, in your current company, but it also means you can be creative outside of your company. What you said was just getting yourself the right education, the right mindset, probably hanging around the right people and just believing that you can and that confidence. Definitely. Great, Definitely. great. Well, let's fast forward, Jeff, to the present now because we've gone through the past and your journey and it seems like it's been an interesting journey and I guess your journey is still continuing because life is a journey and what I want to bring up now is as you're building social gen how important was it to have a steady source of income coming in I know that you mentioned in the past that some people can make the leap to a new business and some can't it all depends on confidence and whether they think there's a market but how important is it to have some sort of a steady income source coming in as opposed to having savings or some backup plan as you're building your business Great yeah. question. Yeah. For me, it was very one-sided. For me, it was I had to have the steady income yeah. coming in. I yeah. didn't have the savings, okay. to be completely honest. Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't have the savings to live off. And the calling was so strong. And that's what I mean. A lot of people do look at it and go, my goodness, you took such a big risk and a leap. But look, at the end of the day, it was a calculated risk. Mm -hmm. I knew that there was a marketplace out there. And I knew I was involved in the right circles and the right networks yep. to go out there. And I believed in myself. I knew that I would give it whatever it takes in order for the money to come in. You know, as a result of that, I was able to supplement, make up for the income that I lost from my professional career, which was quite a sizable amount, in about two months. And that cash flow or that income coming in has been the foundation and the growth that Social Gen continues to experience. So for me, personally, definitely getting that cash flow coming in. And the other thing about cash flow is, you know, think about it, right? Money is energy. So when you've got money coming into the business, 
it actually fills your business and it fills you with energy. Yeah. Yes. Um, and propels you forward. The way I look at it is if you've got savings, that's a very, very good thing. Mm. If you've just got savings and you're, and you're focusing on living your savings, then your energy is going out. Yeah. Think about money coming out of your account or out of your pockets. Your, your money is, is going out and nothing is coming in. So look, ideally, I guess in an ideal world, you want both. You want money coming in and you want, you know, some financial stability and foundation in having savings as well. However, for me, you know, I, I just jumped straight into the deep end with very little financial uh, foundation. But it was great. It meant that I could just focus all of my focus purely on the cash flow side of things. And whatever you focus on expands. Tony Robbins is a great saying. Whatever you focus on expands. Absolutely. So, yeah. You know, I just focused on cash flow and bringing money into the business to, to supplement my income. That focus expanded and I was able to achieve my first financial income goal in like in a matter of months. Fantastic. Yeah, look, I love the fact that you actually made the distinction between savings and cash flow coming into your business because, to be honest, I hadn't put a great deal of thought into that myself. And so I just learned something there. And I'm sure people listening to this would actually now realize there's a completely different energy because your savings might have come from previous work that you've done, but it's very one-sided. It's already there. It doesn't really have a life of its own. Whereas the first dollar that you make from your business has a completely different energy, doesn't it? And it, oh, it, it's like you've given birth to, you've, you've created something that now has its own life and you've got you to help it grow. 100%. When you've got cash flow coming in, it's such a strong, positive energy. I can't stress enough how important our cash flow is. Great. Jeff, it must be exciting for you, especially because you're in this space of social media, for you to see how much things have changed over the last five years and where social media is going and how interactive our world has become. Talk to me about businesses in general and where do you see the opportunity moving forward as far as business is concerned and social media? Yeah, I mean, look, social media is a wonderful thing. It's like a rose. It's very beautiful, <laughs> but it does have its thorns. You know, social media is wonderful because of the scalability, the reach. I mean, you know, social media is global. You can bring like-minded people into one place and you're able to communicate much quicker and a lot faster in a very big way. The thorn side of social media, I feel, with when it comes to B2B is that people act inappropriately on social media. They lose their social etiquette. Mm -hmm. And it's all about trying to sell and promote themselves. And it sort of destroys the social element right. of it. Yes. You know, um, um, uh, uh, you know, it's the people, people try and people, I tend people use it as a, as a medium to go, here's what I want. Here's what I want. Here's what I want. Give me, give me, give me. Sure. But they don't use it as a way to actually look at adding value, educating fostering, creating relationships. Mm. So the thing that I love about what I do that uh, not many other uh, people in, in social media do is that my whole objective for social media is to move the relationship offline. Right. That's why and you've heard me, Gab, I always profess I'm not a social media expert, you mm -hmm. know, because um, <laughs> media is not my thing. I'm a social media enabler. I enable people to use social media in a more meaningful way. That's why my clients engage me. My clients engage me not for the social media aspect. They engage me because I'm able to set them up with face-to-face -face appointments and meetings offline with their ideal prospects. And the way I do that is all through the value-added model. 
I don't sell, I don't promote. What I do is I help my clients become thought leaders and I help them achieve this by actually focusing on a niche audience. Don't try and be everything to everyone. Sure. Focus on the one group of people or the one type of industry or audience that you can help the best. And then from there, it's adding value. What sort of information can you share? What sort of insights can you share? What can you give first? And then once that's been done appropriately, you'll find that the people that you're connected to are excited about meeting you, are excited to learn and happy to actually move that relationship offline. And this is what I love about social media. This is the true power that I believe it has for the business-to-business community. Fantastic. Yeah, look, it's so much about personal interaction. Look, social media hasn't been around that long. It feels like it has, but it's been less than 10 years. And, and the thing is, people are still finding the right etiquette in which to communicate effectively. And I often say to people, imagine you sat next to someone in a bus or you met someone at a bus stop, you haven't said hello to them. Would you simply walk up to them and say, here's my product, would you buy it from me? It just wouldn't be the right thing to do. You'd introduce yourself. You'd build a little bit of credibility. You might exchange cards. You might say, look, give me a call. Just a normal interaction that people would do on a normal basis is something that you should practice in social media as well. It's just a place to meet. But like you said, take the relationship offline and build from it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, just look at the name social media, social. Yeah. I find that people are exactly the opposite. You know, they're, they're like very unsocial <laughs> yeah. when it comes to social media. Yeah. You're right. I, th- I think people are getting it and it is improving. And really glad you pointed that out. Social media is all about being social. And speaking of social, now you're a pretty social guy. I know that in our previous chats, when we've caught up, you told me that one of the things you'd like to do as part of your business and the time away from your business is travel and have a life and do some exciting things. I know a lot of people, when they look at getting into business, one of their fears is that they're not going to have enough time. They're going to be working nose to the ground for many years. And the traditional views of business is hard work and no play and all of that. Now, you told me the other day that you want to take a year off and go and see the world and travel. Yes. (laughs) Which is exciting because I might take you up on that (laughs) offer. But how is it possible or is it more possible today in today's economy and today's with technology and things like that, for someone looking to get into business to factor this, a better work-life balance into their plan? Well, work-life balance thing is an interesting concept. But my belief is, and you know, I work some pretty crazy hours. Sure. But you know what? When you love what you do, a lot of it doesn't seem like work. Yeah. I actually love what I do. And the way I've structured my business is in a way that I do more of the things that I love doing as opposed to doing the things that I don't like doing. So that's one way that I'm able to cope with the workload is, yeah, focusing on doing more of the stuff that I love doing and potentially look at outsourcing or delegating the stuff that I don't like doing as much. The other thing about the work-life balance thing is, you know, Gab, the only reason why I'm able to take a year off and look at expanding my business is because I'm putting all this time and energy and focus into my business right now. Good point. You know, I don't have a relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm single. And one of the reasons why I am is so I can focus on the business. Mm -hmm. So it comes down to being able to prioritize what's important in your life. And if a, a relationship is important, then you've actually got to make time for that. And you've got to have goals for that and where you want to take it. So for me, I have very clear targets and achievements that I want to achieve up until August of next year. And when those targets and things like that are met, my priority is going to change. Then I'm going to not look at working so much. And then my priority is going to be more to do with the traveling. Fantastic. Fantastic. Then once that's done, then I'm going to be looking at the relationship side. So it's about putting the focus in the right area of your life at the right time. Brilliant. Excellent. 
Well, I think that's going to be very helpful to a lot of people who are thinking of, well, what should I be doing? I guess where you put your focus and energy is where you're going to get results. Like you said, going back to Anthony Robbins and, and even with what you're doing in your life right now, you're focusing on just getting to a certain point. You've set goals and targets for yourself. It's very good to do that. We do that in the corporate world all the time. So there's no reason why we shouldn't do that in, in our own business. And we should hold ourselves accountable. And if not, we should have someone like a business coach or a mentor or someone that can probably hold us accountable to those goals. Because I know in the, in the corporate world, you've got teams, you've got management, you've got a lot of people who are holding you accountable to certain deadlines and goals. And, and we seem to stick with those. So Jeff, would you say someone who is all alone in their business, feel like they're climbing an uphill battle, get someone to hold them accountable or have a, a third party just to say, hey, you're on track or you've kind of deviated a little bit. What would you recommend? Oh, definitely. Whatever it takes. You know, I've got a series of mentors and coaches mm-hmm. that help me and keep me in check. But also, I review my goals every day. I write them out every single day to remind me what I'm doing this for and what I'm working towards Mm. so we tend to talk about goals and targets and things like that but really these are things these are whatever you want to call them if you're serious about it these are things that you need to review daily every day remind yourself what you're doing even if whether it's a target or not but on my uh, daily journal i write down that my chief aim what i'm doing all this for is so that i can go traveling around the world for 12 months (laughs) that's awesome No, that's, that's fantastic. It gives you something to look forward to. All right, Jeff, now what we're going to do now in getting towards the fun section of our podcast, I usually do this uh, with all of our guests and it's what we call a rapid response section. Now, I'm just going to hit you with a few questions. Not a lot of time to think about it. Whatever comes to your mind first, just jump at me. And, and this is just so people get a really quick idea of how you think, being responsive as well. So are you ready to play this game? Go for it. All right. Favorite mode of learning, video, audio, or books? It's actually none of those. Favorite mode of learning is, <laughs> is in person. You know, seminars, workshops, getting your hands dirty, that sort of stuff is my favorite mode of learning. Wow, okay. I didn't expect that, but uh, there you go, folks. All right. Biggest thing that you love about being your own boss right now? Uh, that I'm responsible for everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Great, great. I now, love being in control. <laughs> being in control. Hey, listen, that's fantastic. Now, do you use social media and LinkedIn to grow your business? 100%. That is my main source of uh, lead generation and it's my main source of success today. Awesome. This is a, I know you've touched on this before, but how would you describe yourself? A bit of a workaholic or do you have a bit of work-life balance at the moment? I'm a worker happy at the moment. A worker happy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's a new term. You're probably going to have to uh, register that one. <laughs> A worker happy. Great, great. And and finally, favorite role model and or hero and why? Favorite role, uh, I would probably say uh, Richard Branson. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Richard Branson at the moment is my favorite role model and hero. Why? Because he's just such a wonderful brain. He goes against the grain. He's not your corporate one of the mold. He's inspirational. He likes to have fun. And he's definitely a person who has a sense of adventure. And his uh, Virgin Galactic project just sort of shows me how big this man can dream. And that's what I really love about the guy, just his ability to, to dream and think big. Now, he's definitely one of my uh, heroes as well. And it's great to have role models and heroes, no matter what stage of life or business you're in. So you've always got someone to aspire to or someone that can inspire you to do better. Yeah. You know, the other thing I love about Richard Branson is, you know, I don't 
don't know if you've ever seen him in person mm-hmm. or on interviews and things like that. He's not a very polished person. You no, know, he he's not. He's not. You know, he's not, is yeah. he? He's, he's not one of these powerful characters, that boisterous voice and, you know, he's not like a Barack Obama, sure. you know, for example. He's timid, there's a shyness about him and he's not necessarily that well-spoken. And that's what I love about him. He's just so... He's real. Just so yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Well, listen, Jeff, this has been super insightful today. You've given us a lot of interesting things to think about, to plan for our future. I know our listeners have got a lot of great gold nuggets in here. They're probably going to have to listen to this a few times. You talked about your adventures coming up. I'm excited. If I can be part of some of those journeys, that would be amazing. But in closing, what would you love to leave our audience with You know, as they make these decisions around their future, their business, uh, where they're heading? Is there any last thoughts that you'd like to leave them with? One key phrase that has helped me get started and just keeps me motivated is progress is better than perfection. Love it. Don't worry about getting it right. If being an entrepreneur, if you love what you do and you want to be able to get your gift out there and and help as many people as possible, it's not going to happen while you're sitting in your bedroom planning and dreaming these things. You need to actually make some progress. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Just get out there and make the first step, whatever it is. I love that saying, progress is better than perfection. I'm going to put that right up on the mantelpiece, that one. (laughs) No, that's great. It's a great one. And we all suffer from wanting to get it right. But at the end of the day, progress is definitely way, way, way more important than perfection. You've given us some great ideas, Jeff. I'm really thankful for that. We appreciate your time. So thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. Thanks, Kevin. And thanks for inviting me. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, it has been. And look, folks, for more information about Jeff and his business, Social Gen, please visit socialgen.com. If you like this podcast and would like to understand a little bit more about what was just discussed, then you're in luck. Simply head over to breakfreefromcorporate.com and we have a fantastic bonus gift waiting for you to download. All we ask in return is that you leave us a review on iTunes and or Stitcher, whichever you use. And lastly, help us share this podcast around with your friends, your colleagues through Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus or LinkedIn. We truly appreciate all your support and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode of Break Free From Corporate. Once again, to access previous and all future episodes, visit breakfreefromcorporate.com and subscribe today. 